Hey weirdos, welcome back to the second episode of Dreadful Interest. I'm your host, Daniela Jones. So, this past weekend from May 5th to the 7th was the event for a, a ghoulish monster convention. Days of the Dead presented All Monsters Attack 2. The hours from the event went from Friday 5 to 10, Saturday 11 to 7, and Sunday 11 to 4. Kids under 10 were free, and military is always free with an ID. The event was located at the Crown Plaza Chicago O'Hare Hotel, which is 5440 North River Road, Rosemont, Illinois, 60018. There were a lot of actors who actually came to this event. However, I originally wrote the script or I guess the podcast episode with all of their names and I tried to record it three times and I murdered every single actor's name. I just could not pronounce it and no matter how hard I tried, I just didn't want to disrespect anybody. So I do have a list of some of the movies that these actors were from, including Ultraman, Camaro vs. Virus, Godzilla, Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Godzilla Mothra, Godzilla Final Wars, Power Rangers Time Force, Gamera, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, nine-time Hugo Award-winning artist Bob Eagleton, Godzilla Final Wars, Godzilla Mothra, and Matt Frank, an artist from Godzilla Ultraman and Transformers. This wasn't actually going to be like the first time that I went to a Days of the Dead convention, but it was my first time going to the All Monsters attack. From my prior experience, my best guess was that this was very likely going to be an opportunity to pay for meet and greets with these actors as well as get autographs and of course, they charge for selfies. Usually the setup for these kind of conventions also include cool vendors that sell their art and products and even sometimes if you buy VIP tickets, that includes certain seminars. However, I'm not that crazy about these kind of movies myself, but it doesn't mean that I couldn't give myself the opportunity to see what else this event might have to offer. What is awesome about this kind of thing is that for me, it's really a great place to go and buy all my weird trinkets and jewelry. And I've even walked out with things such as books, makeup, candles, and even soaps that come in cool scents like vampire's blood, zombie dust. They tend to keep it on the oddity side, which is generally in my lane anyways. Even though I'm not a huge monster movie fan, I can still definitely find things that are unique and could even pique my interest into watching more of these kind of movies. In my last episode, I started writing it prior to going to the event and then I finished it after I had visited. So since I'm still in my experimental stage with this podcast, I'm still writing this currently prior to attending on Saturday and then coming back and switching it because then it doesn't sound right because I've already gone to the event and I'm now recording this after I've gone to the event. So I'm still getting my rhythm here. But before I dive into how this event went, I did want to kind of take the opportunity to encourage you to go and like the Dreadful Interest Facebook page as I usually post my updates on there. I also want to thank a lot of you who listened in on my first episode for the Torture Museum and I hope that it was something you consider going to visit and check out. The point of Dreadful Interest again is to review different kinds of events, stores, and people who don't fall into the norms of society. To give you all different options to check out and if you come across an event like Days of the Dead in the future, you'll have an idea of what you're going into and might even be more inclined to try things you just normally would now, I wanted to talk a little bit about myself and how it is that Dreadful Interest came to be. As I repeated myself, my name is Daniela Jones, but my friends call me Danny. I'm 28 years old. I currently live in Chicago. I was born and raised in the city. I went to Columbia College originally for theater, but due to being a little shithead in college, I ended up having to switch majors and ended up getting my degree in radio broadcasting with a minor in voiceovers. The radio broadcasting degree opened me up to a world of voiceover, podcasting, and radio production. 
My thought after getting out of college was that I would go into radio, but to my motherfucking surprise, the starting fucking pay in 2017 was $12 an hour. So. I ended up sticking to bartending for a while and then somehow ended up in the legal field. These days I am a paralegal slash legal assistant by day and a podcaster by night. I don't do this shit because I like the sound of my voice. I do this shit because I love it. I decided to mix my passion for voiceover and production with my passion for all the weird, creepy shit. This is what I do to keep myself busy and to relieve my 9 to 5 stress. Prior to my starting of Dreadful Interest, I was sinking into depression because of the repression of my dreams and the things I actually wanted to do. The legal field pays very well, so I was able to build myself a career that made me financially stable. Shout out to my coworkers at past and current firms because I know that we all understand just how important it is to find something that feeds into our souls other than just working. Don't get me wrong. The legal field is something to be passionate about as well, but when you're only going to work and coming home, I felt like I was losing the opportunity to experience life. Dreadful interest forces me to get outside, to research, and to just create this world I've been envisioning for the past year. I find myself to be a pretty animated character, and although some of you may not find me to be funny or even interesting, at the very least, this could be a way that you can also find things to do outside of your comfort zone. This event definitely fucking forced me to step outside my fucking comfort zone, I'll tell you that much. I don't know if it's because I don't have any friends that are really into the Godzilla or monster-themed horror movies, but I ended up going out to this event by myself. It was a bit of a hike considering I am in the Pilsen neighborhood and this took place all the way in fucking Rosemont. With that being said, I left my crib at about 4.20pm and arrived to the event right at about 5.20. The tickets on site were $40 off the bat, so I do think that I recommend that you buy tickets ahead of time just because I could have sworn I saw them online for like $25 and they stopped selling them online the day before the event so I can see why I paid $40 as opposed to the $25. Right when you walk into the convention, the first thing you see is the Days of the Dead boot. And I couldn't help myself as they sold water tumblers and I got this gorgeous Wednesday Adam tumbler which had red blood glitter running down the rim of the tumbler and I couldn't help myself. It was so fucking cute and I'm pretty sure it holds like 32 ounces of water. I ended up paying like $45 for it but they had many other cool options including Halloween, Beetlejuice, and Nightmare Before Christmas. After I got my expensive fucking tumbler, I walked around the convention. The setup included the actors from the event against the wall in which you would wait your turn after you paid for your signed autograph or selfie. In the middle of the room was where you could find all the vendors. And y'all, although I knew this convention was about monster movies, I was not fucking prepared for how centered it really was on the Godzilla movies. And to be honest, I did do some of my fucking research prior to this, so it wasn't like I was going into this not knowing what the fuck I was going into, but I just did not, I don't know, didn't fucking register. It was just like AOL broadband, broadband, broadband. I'm having an AOL moment right now. Holy shit. It was like AOL broadband trying to connect in my brain, which clearly happens 24-7 just like the last 30 seconds ago. Anyways, I felt like I was a little over my head initially as I had never in my life watched any of the Godzilla movies. But that didn't stop me from buying Godzilla-themed art. One in Rome, right? There were so many artists there who had put so much work into this event, and as I started walking from each booth to another, it was so hard not to want to buy something from everyone. I was very lucky to actually bump into a former classmate um, named Christian from when I used to go to the Goodman Theater for I think a theater summer camp back in like 2010 or 2011. And he happened to be enjoying the convention with his two buddies, Matthew and Andy, who were so very nice to me. 
I explained to them how out of my fucking element I felt considering this was all really what felt like a sci-fi movie convention, but I was there for my podcast and they were just the sweetest about it and thought it was so cool that I came out to at least check it out. I very much was starting to have like imposter syndrome and even criticized myself for showing up to the event as if I felt like I clearly didn't fit in. I had to remind myself a lot of times that I was there for this podcast and to prove that you don't have to fucking fit in a box just to come and check something out. As I kept walking around the convention, I asked many of the vendors where they came from and many of them had traveled from all over the states just to be here. Some of them did this for a living. I met this interesting individual by the name of Andrew Parsons who had a setup that included all kinds of movie posters, toys, trinkets, VHSs, DVDs, trading cards, so much more. I literally could not name everything this man had on his table and shelves because it was over packed. His shop is called Time Warp Collectibles Vintage Pop Culture Memorabilia. And you can find it online as well at timewarpcollectibles.bigcartel.com. I do have a photo of his setup on the Dreadful Interest page, and I talked to Andrew for a bit as I was interested in taking home a Herman Monsters poster that I had eyeballed. Now, Andrew surprised me when he started to explain that he had quit his 9-to-5 job to be a vintage vendor. At some point in his life, he was miserable with his 9-to-5 and decided to quit and vend. He described it as very rewarding, but also said he struggled for a few years trying to get it going. He recalled many ramen noodle dinners in the process. His shop travels, and the only way to buy anything off of him is via his website or at conventions. However, if you reach out to him regarding an item you see, he will make sure to set it aside for you before he goes on to the next show. It was impressive to see Andrew's posters were so vintage, and he was explaining to me that the public wasn't supposed to get their hands on some of these. He told me that the posters usually used to come out of the warehouse and then to the movie theaters, and then after the movie had passed, they would go straight back and collect dust in the warehouse again. Somehow, he was able to get his hands on so many of these awesome movie posters. If I had not spent the majority of my money, I would have bought his special edition Halloween poster, which was going for $150. There were only a certain amount of them made, and they all came in their own color scheme. They also had so many action figures that I, I just really wanted to take home with me. After I finished talking with Andrew at Time Warp Collectibles, I continued to walk around and ended up stopping by a little booth which sold mini 3D Baragons. And I just thought they were cute little fucking dinosaur figures. His shop was called Creature Preacher, which is actually spelled C-R-E-A-C-H-E-R, -E -E and then Preacher P-R-E-A-T-U-R-E, -E, which you can find on Facebook and Instagram. When I first walked up to the booth, I just thought the mini dinosaurs were adorable and I decided to take one home. The vendor advertised as 3D modeling, printing, figure design, digital art, event organizer, and lastly, a dork of all trades. He even took a photo of me with my little trinket, which you can find at Creature Preacher on Instagram. But what really drove me to buy an item was when he commented that he was aspiring to sell his 3D mini Baragons as a living and was trying to make a career out of it. Power to him, man, and bless him, because if I could do this podcast shit for the rest of my fucking life, you better fucking believe I'd be on that shit. So besides the mini 3D Baragon, my Herman Monster poster, I also ended up buying a total of five prints from another vendor called Fantasy Realms, which you 
can find a photo of their setup and website on the Dreadful Interest page, seriously, I encourage you to go check it out so you can see his art. He sells canvases of all sizes and prints. I ended up buying a three-sequence painting of a girl with a skull face, then the second photo is half her face, half skull, and the third is her as a skeleton. The artist explained that his story for this three-piece was an idea of how she sees herself, how the world sees her, and how she really was. This wasn't the first time I have encountered this artist either. I believe I bought a few prints from him last year at the Days of the Dead convention in 2022, but you guys can also check out his art at fantasyrealms.com. In total, by myself, it took me about an hour and a half to go around the whole convention and stop at each booth. I would say giving yourself at least two hours is enough to even make a second round to make sure you didn't miss any vendors, I tried my very best to make conversation and ask questions, but I was so insecure about just being there alone. And it's not that I'm socially awkward, but for starters, I was up in the clouds, if you know what I mean, and was too shy to admit that I was there for the podcast. The internet, you guys, is so fucking bogus these days, and at some point, someone told me that podcasters were a red flag because they have this stereotype, you guys can't see me making the air quotes, but this stereotype that they only want to hear their own voice. So that fucked with me and kind of stayed with me for a while and created an insecurity that society was going to view me in some kind of way. I guess it could be part of the reason why it took me this long to even throw myself out there and it's also really hard to make friends as an adult these days. As much as I think everyone out there thinks they're so nice, society still has a way of outcasting people based on judgment. Have you ever approached a group of people trying to be friendly and as you walk away you can just feel the snickers and the judgment? I've experienced this a lot when I've tried to interact with other people from horror and the haunt industry. There are some genuinely really nice humans and then there are the ones who gained a little bit of clout and their ego is shoved so far up their asshole you can smell it coming out of their mouth like a decayed tooth that's been fucking rotting. If there's anything I will say is that I don't tolerate bullying and that bullshit. It's hard out here to be a human. So if any of you listeners find yourself feeling lonely or discouraged in making friends, know that you are not alone. I also enjoy company. So if any of you are ever interested in attending an event that you know I'm going to, please, from the bottom of my heart, feel free to reach out and come with me. And I mean that sincerely. Back to the main topic. Looking back on the event, I wish I would have watched a Godzilla movie before even attending so I would have had a better idea of who the hell the actors even were. My dumbass really did underestimate the amount of Godzilla artwork and action figures they were going to be selling. But being there and seeing all the people who were so passionate about the movies made me interested in seeing what the hype was all about. The next day after the event, I decided to watch at least one Godzilla movie and chose Godzilla vs. Mothra, the battle for Earth. First. I'll admit, it was entertaining. I really was expecting to lose interest in the movie within the first 15 minutes, but it was actually kind of a cute movie with a great message regarding taking care of the Earth. Now, I have no motherfucking background on Godzilla, so my boyfriend explained to me that Godzilla was a product of the Hiroshima bombing. The version I watched made me giggle because Godzilla's roar sounds exactly like the same as my cat when she's hungry. Obviously, I had to do some research on this because I understand Godzilla has a huge line of sequels and movies. This specific movie is considered the fourth installment of the second Godzilla series. The synopsis around the movie is that a huge fucking meteor crashes into the Agasawara 
there you go. So there's another fucking example of how I can't pronounce shit. So it's the reason why we couldn't name actors. But regardless, fucking meteor crashes into some trench and it wakes up Godzilla's lizard ass, right? However, humans being the pieces of shits that they are end up exposing some kind of giant motherfucking egg which was guarded by these pixie-looking girls known as the Cosmos. Now, they're kind of my favorite part of the movie. They do a few songs that were actually really enjoyable, but these little pixie bitches end up trying to warn the Earth that Mothra was here to defeat the monster named Batra. Meaning, now Mothra has to fight two nasty-ass monsters, which includes Godzilla's dumbass. Now, I will not ruin the movie, and I'm not gonna continue to keep trying to say these fucking words, because I can't pronounce them, despite the fact that I watched the fucking movie. But Mothra goes through this like larva stage in which he resembles an uncircumcised little dick and then halfway through the movie turns into his final Mothra version which is like adorable thankfully because I couldn't stare at the wobbling little dick for much longer and it was a bit rather cringe because there are scenes where it's just kind of like limping around in the fucking water and like attacking Godzilla and Godzilla's attacking it back after it like came out of its cracked egg and it just it uh, yeah. Anyways, to summarize this experience, I definitely would go again now that I can really understand why it has such a big following. The people who attend these events were just so cool and just kind of, like, fun to watch. There's nothing that makes me happier than seeing people openly enjoy the things that they do. It's such a great way to meet others who enjoy the same things as you do, and if I can come to this on my own, you have the power within yourself to go out and explore the things that you love as well. That concludes the second official episode of Dreadful Interest. Thanks to all of you listeners out there who have been taking a chance on me. And if you made it all the way to the end of this podcast, honestly, thank you for your support. As far as the next episode goes, I have been posting it on the Dreadful Interest Facebook page. Coming up is the Halfway to Halloween, located at Old Joliet Haunted Prison. This is going on May 12th and the 13th. You will not want to miss this event. Tickets can be bought online and I do encourage you to buy them as soon as possible. This will be a two-day only live event in honors of setting an early precedent for what they ensure will be a frightful season for the haunting. I do recommend that if you go in a group that you all have a designated driver to avoid trouble because believe me when I say a DUI is no joke and it is not a decision to be taken lightly. Well creepers, it's been real. Until next time, Stay weird and be kind.